0: It was the first time I really reflected and started to have a bit of a think about who I was as a person outside of being this this pro surfer and it set me on a bit of a path throughout my 20s to begin to read a lot of books, to study some courses, to to start to expand my scope on what mental health truly was and the different things that I can do to take care of my mental
1: health. Welcome back to Switched On, a platform for mob like you and me who are looking to learn and grow from life experiences in order to fulfil one's potential, becoming more switched on in the process. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, Brayden. How you going, mate?
2: Good morning, Thomas. <laughs> oh,
1: well, let me ask you a question. What do you reckon it takes to be a good human in today's world?
2: To be empathetic, to be kind, to be genuine, and to
1: be yourself. That's a great answer. What about yourself? I think empathetic and being authentic as well, and just, yeah, giving giving it giving as much effort as you can, um, and no matter the outcome, but, um, so that's our, that's our sort of perspective on it, but we're going to talk to the man who has his own good human factory. So he knows a lot, a lot about that and and we're going to dive into that as well as him as a person. So we just want to welcome Mr. Cooper Chapman. How are you, mate?
0: I'm very good boys. Thanks so much for having me. It's great that you guys are reflecting on what being a good human means and, yeah, I think we're
2: going to have a great chat. Thanks for having me on. That that threw me, mate. I had no idea that was coming. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It's <laughs> authentic, mate. Got to keep yeah, you on your toes. Yeah,
2: you did keep me on my toes and it was <laughs> exciting. But it was a great way to start and introduce the man.
1: I liked it. Oh, well, yeah. Thanks, but are, we,
2: are we still going to ask our normal? Question? Oh, of course, yeah, of, course, a of course, of course, of course. Right. Do you want to ask it? Yeah, can I? Yeah. This time? Mate, so as you would know, because like we, we know, our like guests are frequent listeners and we're the Switched On Podcast. We uh, ask our guests at the start of every podcast, "What did you do, or what do you do before?" I'm actually because you've got your own podcast. What did you do to get switched on this morning? Because I uh, know it's a bit different over there. It's already twelve, twelve thirty or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's eleven
0: thirty over 1130. here on the Gold Coast. But what did I do to get switched on this morning? Um, my general morning routine. The thing that I really try and do basically before I get out of bed. I wake up, I brush my teeth, go to the toilet, I get back into bed, but then I put on um. Usually 20-minute breath work. This morning I've gone and got a hybrid one that I've been doing that's like a 12-minute breath work followed by 10-minute meditation once you're kind of finished. So, yeah, every morning me and my partner make sure we do some sort of breath work or meditation, a way to kind of just get the mind and the body ready to kick off the day. And then, yeah, I'm up. I have my greens, um, creatine and magnesium in a little shaker to kick the day off to get some health in the body as well. And that's usually how I... Wake up each morning, so yeah, that's my little short morning routine. I have an extended version for days that I don't have busy days, but there's not many of them anymore.
1: <laughs> Take, taking care of the mind and body, we love it.
0: Is it just quickly
2: on the greens? Are you on athletic? What's your athletic one? Athletic AG one. I'm
0: not on AG one. Mm-hmm. I um, I, I want to eventually get on that. Hopefully, they can sponsor my podcast sometime <laughs> soon. But <laughs> I, um, I've been using uh, I've been using Neutral Organics at the moment. I, I had a session with a. actually a guest who's about to come out of my podcast shortly who's kind of a holistic health specialist and did a training session with him recently and he had all different things like creatine and daily greens and amino acids at his place where he works and um, told me the certain ones I should be having each morning so I got them so they're the ones I've been taking at the moment. Love that. Bloody oath. What about you mate?
1: Mate I got up this morning and then yeah, I was just like, you know what? I haven't done a bit of movement in the last couple of days just because the footy season's finished. And I was like, I'll give my body a bit of a rest. And so I was like, I want to get some um, stretching in. So I did a bit of, um, bit of yoga. And it was actually a bit, I didn't know what I was got myself into. It ended up being a bit of an intense session, actually. Um, but then um, followed by a cold shower, had some brekkie, and then came out. Beautiful.
2: So it was good. I, I went for a, actually, well, I tried to have a little run this morning. Um <laughs> if you didn't know, I haven't been running for a while. So I went for a little run this because it was beautiful over here, the mm. weather and stuff. So I went but um yeah mate, it was very tough. And um uh, but it like it energized me and it like I was um you know when you like you run, you just feel good. Mm. It was like that. So it really got me going and then I'm the same mate, I'm pretty usual. I did um back still on the breath work. I've jumped on the breath work instead of the meditation mm. lately. So did that. Um and then, yeah, made my mind to here, but um, yeah, I feel I feel good.
1: Bloody oath, the boy, the lads are switched on. Let's go. came for this episode. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, break down a lot of that stuff and, um, and why that sort of helps us and along the mental health journey because obviously no, that's what you're very passionate about as well, Coop. But um, before we do, go down the mental health path and what you're doing with Good Humans. So I just want to, yeah, sort of talk a bit more about yourself as a person because there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, So for for the listeners out there that maybe haven't um, seen your content or seen yourself, um, just give it a quick rundown of, um, yeah, yourself and what you do.
0: Yeah, so I run a mental health organization called The Good Human Factory. It's something that I'm very passionate about but I wasn't always into mental health. I I wouldn't say I wasn't always into mental health, but I never had any real passion or drive to go and educate people around mental health. I was always just very curious myself. What can I do to take care of my mental health due to some family history with mental illness? And I I used to be a professional surfer. I just retired last year, actually. So I was juggling building a business and a professional athlete career for quite some time. Um, But that, was a bit tricky. But yes, I I was a pro surfer for a long time. And then my younger sister lost a few friends to suicide about four years ago now in her last year of high school. And that kind of just didn't sit well with me that I was traveling the world, living this extraordinary life as a professional surfer. And there was kids in my local area that were struggling so much with their mental health and didn't have the right skills. And yeah, have an understanding on how to take care of their mental health when life does get pretty challenging, which is pretty inevitable for most of us. So, yeah, four years ago, The Good Human Factory was born, and ever since, I've really made it my mission to just connect as many curious minds as possible with simple mental health strategies. Quite often, these things that myself and I'm sure you guys do that have really positive benefits in our mental health don't cost anything, but they take just a little bit of responsibility. They take a little bit of time and a little bit of consciousness towards these actions. So, yeah, I've made it my mission the last couple of years and now I've turned it into a full-time job and business to... Yeah, go around to schools, go around to corporate groups, share a keynote talk. I have a couple of them now that have been shown to have really solid impact. Just getting to share my story and talk about these simple techniques, these simple different values that we can really align with that can have a profound effect on our mental health if we do bring them into our consciousness. So, yeah, I just retired last year from surfing and now I've gone full time to the Good Human Factory. It's a very multifaceted business from a podcast which has gained quite a bit of reputation now we just hit over half a million downloads which is pretty special to know that so many people are tuning in and getting um a lot of value out of that my workshops are amazing as well i think i've spoken to close to thirty thousand students now over the past three years a couple thousand corporates as well um and then yeah do many other things from a merchandise range which also keeps me busy to um, a community on social media called the One Percent Good Club so there's many different things that I do which I'm sure we'll talk about today so I won't go too much into them I'll let you guys ask some questions about them but yeah basically sums me up in a real quick way is went from professional athlete into something that's a little bit more service driven and started a business trying to yeah help people with their mental health and really try and inspire people to think differently about mental health and realize that mental illness is kind of what we always get told mental health is but mental health is something that every single one of us has. Mental illness is something that's going to affect 20% of us statistically but mental health is something that affects 100% of us so we all need to be um, consciously doing some things daily or at least weekly to bring our mental health and our well-being back up that scale, that, that spectrum that we're all on.
2: love how you mentioned the difference between mental illness and mental health because right? yeah. We, we touch on it here at, um, at the Happiness Co. It's, it doesn't discriminate, right, mental health. Everyone goes through it, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what country. Like, everyone goes through mental health, right? So um, I love how you touched on both of those. But And now you seems like you've got a pretty good, um, your own clarity on what helps you with yours. But, mate, I want to touch on the pro surfing aspect um, quickly and growing up. Like, growing up, did you have many challenges that you were facing and then did that flow into like what was the hardest part or the triggers around your mental health in the professional environment because it'd be a lot different to what what you go through now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but my mental health I guess as a youngster was pretty good. I think I watched, I lost an uncle when I was quite young to suicide and then I watched my dad suffer quite a bit throughout my teen years. Nothing real hectic but just sort of in and out of psychologists, him sort of riding that wave of mental health that we all do and a bit of alcoholism and just a few things that made me kind of, maybe fearful, maybe mental health, mental illness is going to be something that might happen to me based on sort of family history, hereditary stuff. So I was always very forward thinking, curious, what can I do to take care of my mental health? But when I was a junior surfer, I used to base so much of my identity. My whole self-worth was based around being a professional athlete. When my results were good as a junior, I kind of was riding this wave of sort of ego and notoriety and it, it was okay. But then I went to the international tour when I was about 20, 20 years old and sort of slid down the pack. I mean, looking back, I actually did do quite well my first couple of years, but I set my goals pretty high. So I felt like I was failing. And I also felt like everyone around me thought I was failing because that identity and that self-worth was so wrapped up in being a surf when my results started declining i did struggle quite a bit just to understand who i was and i told that to my sports psychologist i've been very lucky with surfing australia to be on scholarship since i was about i've been supported from them from like 14 till last year and i had access to a sports psychologist so i worked with this guy and sort of told him how i was feeling and he was like mate it's so common to feel like that so many of us base our self-worth and our overall well-being on whether we're reaching our goals whether we're succeeding on the external yeah yeah on the external and it's kind of not a very healthy way to look at ourselves and I was like well what do I do then he said I want you to stop basing your self-worth and your identity on your career and your achievements because one day you're not going to be a surfer one day and quite often we're going to fall short of our goals and he said I want you to start basing it on your values and how well you can live to those values and I was like it was the first time I really reflected and started to have a bit of a think about who I was as a person outside of being this, this pro surfer. And it set me on a bit of a path throughout my 20s to begin to read a lot of books, to study some courses, to, to start to expand my scope on what mental health truly was and the different things that I can do to take care of my mental health and began to just learn so much fascinating stuff from different books to learning from different experts and listening to podcasts and realising there's unlimited information out there. There's profound ways that we can affect our mental health, but it comes back to us. We have to be the ones finding this information. We have to be the ones consuming this stuff. And then we also have to take the action. So I feel like the first step is awareness, realizing, you know what, there is things that I can do. And then the second step step is really taking action. And that's what I tried to do throughout my twenties. And then yeah, when my younger sister lost two friends to suicide in a fortnight in her last year of high school back in twenty nineteen, I was just like, I can't sit around and not do anything about this. At the time I'm traveling the world as a pro surfer living this extraordinary life, but then there's kids in my local area that are struggling so much and don't have the skills and the understanding of their own mental health to deal with these really traumatic and tough times that we do go through. So yeah, I made it my mission to go and share some of these things that I've learned and it's been phenomenal. Like I said, the last couple of years, it's grown from strength to strength and Really feels like this last couple of months and the next few months leading into this year um, are very busy for me. So it's nice to know that the work that I'm doing is really starting to have some impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for sharing that, and it is truly inspiring, especially for crew like me and Braden who are trying to start up like things like Switched On. And um, yeah, I want to go back to that. So you're saying you've you've been able to switch from they focusing on that external to internal and gain that perspective and really look on, on what's going on around you, so like we, what was going on in your sister and the local community. Because yeah, we strongly believe that at that grass lo- grassroots level and like increasing that baseline is sort of what's needed to influence the awareness needed to make more people more aware of the mental health and the and, and the and the stigmas that are going around. Because before it gets like. And especially in our age, with social media and, and all those aspects, like the longer that crew aren't aware of these things, like the the more disastrous effects. And and so that's 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 sort of why Braden and I are really trying to get our message out there and grow uh, over in WA. And um, yeah, it's been great to see you and have your impact over east. Um, I guess yeah, we'll come back to the question I wanted to ask because um, once you yeah did start a becoming a bit more internally focused. Um, what were some of the, like, immediate, like, sort of changes that you might have sort of come across?
0: I think it was just a lot of reflection and just starting to realize, just trying to understand the sort of person I am. Like, I say kindness is my is a value of mine, but then there was a lot of actions that I was doing that maybe weren't living up to that. And I think it was just building this awareness and understanding through reading different people's books and just Starting to see the world, I feel like having a bit of a mature mindset of this understanding that being an athlete, it's like everybody around you is really trying to help you achieve your goals. You've got coaches, you've got friends, sponsors, everyone's so invested for you to achieve your goals. And then I started to realize like, wait, when this finishes, everything's going to disappear. And I'd heard a lot of stories like that with struggles of athletes really trying to, really struggling on their way, transitioning out of sport. So, I just started to be like, okay, what am I outside of surfing? And I wrote a few books that really fascinated me this idea about a lot of athletes, a lot of people who are chasing success in external ways don't actually have that much fulfillment and realizing that service and giving back and doing for others is actually how we make ourselves feel good. And I was just, I just feel very blessed and lucky that I learned that pretty early and then could transition that into a business that could allow me to feel that giving back and that service in every aspect of my business now. So, yeah, I don't know if that really answered your question, but no, I absolutely. think just starting to really understand myself a bit better and really question what those values are, but really if I was trying to live for them each day.
1: Yeah,
2: definitely. I love I love that answer and I want to go back to the identity piece um, just because like that's, as, as we've talked about before, that's my story, my journey as well, like tying my identity, my self-worth and everything that pretty much you mentioned to my professional sport when I was playing AFL, right? So it's the exact same. And then now you've just touched on finding out your values, who you stand for. Like I thought I valued the same, like certain things, but then the same thing. My actions were just completely different to that, right? So when you're going through life now, your values have changed obviously from what they were to what they are now. But how do you reflect on them? And and I guess growing up, how do you... For a teenager, when you go into the schools and you'll probably talk about values, how do you actually get that across how important it is about living by those values and actually having the actions in place to actually actioning what
0: those values are? I mean, definitely my values have evolved over time. And the way I look at it is like our values are the attributes of the person we wish to be. Yeah, and then each day it's just trying to live to those values. Our values aren't who we are. Our values are the attributes of the person who we look up to be, the person who we like hope to be. And then it's just each day trying to live to those values. So I think for me, a lot of people, is, like I never got told this when I was at high school. That's why like, I understand that with valuable lessons, Sometimes it's just about the spark. Like, I'm not going to change anybody's lives. Only they can do it. But it's about just being that spark of information, that spark of curiosity of, like, I never got told that lesson when I was in high school. I don't know if you guys did either. But it's about trying to just encourage people to be themselves and realise you don't have to be anybody else. I read this great quote. I've got it up on my phone right now from someone that is, it's very similar to this concept, but it's said in a different way. So I thought I'd read it out. So it's from Audrey Marcus, who's, um, he's a, big speaker, he's been on Diary of a CEO and stuff, but this sums this up in a different way. So he goes, the moment you base your confidence on your function rather than your essence, you are lost in a nightmare of anxiety. Functions can be replaced. No matter what you do, someone can do it better, except for you. So let your confidence rest in your essence, not your function. So then it goes on to say, like, someone can do your job better, someone can be a better lover, someone can be more famous, wealthier than you, but they can never be you. And you are amazing and unique. Um, unique in an absolute sense of the world. How cool is that? So it's just about encouraging people to be like, you're not trying to be anyone else. So you don't have to achieve anything. It's like, what sort of person do you show up to be? And the only way that we, yeah, do that is by actually auditing our life and reflecting. And another great little quote that I love, um, one that I came up with a couple of years ago, actually, and I think it be good with this, it's shortcuts don't lead to the destination you desire. And when I think of that, I'm like, quite often we want to take shortcuts to get somewhere to get there quicker, and 100%. but then we know when we've we, we know when we've shortcut ourselves. So it's, we don't actually desire to be to that place where we're actually content and happy. We know when we've taken a shortcut to get somewhere. We know when we haven't eaten the right food to put enough fuel in our body. But it's like, oh, I just ate something because I needed to eat something, but it wasn't nutritious. So it's trying to like just consciously catch yourself, not yeah. with judgment, but just be aware of stuff and with a lot of things this comes down to I mean a big one for me is listening and there's this quote that I heard recently with listening because I relate listening to empathy and the quote is listen don't just wait to talk and when I first heard that I thought about all these moments in my day where I'd talk to someone but then I would daydream or think about what I want to say next and it's not that nice because you see when somebody isn't actually actively listening so I have that quote in the back of my head all the time and not judging myself when I catch myself, but just being aware of it. Going like, no, it's just taking responsibility and trying to be better. And I'll give you one more quote, and it was from this movie (laughs) I watched recently. I love my quotes. Um, And you guys have got to go watch this movie. Anyone listening, it's called The Peaceful Warrior.
3: Oh, Um, mate. Have you you seen it?
0: No, I haven't read the book, but I watched the movie. I got to read the book. Yeah, got to read the book as well. Okay, I'll read the book, but the quote, it just sums up responsibility so well. And it says, be conscious of your choices and take responsibility for your actions.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And when I heard that, I was like, it's so true. So many of us are just making choices all day that we're not actually consciously thinking, what's it, how's this going to affect my life? But then the second part of it is a lot of us, when we make a mistake or do something that maybe isn't aligned with our values, don't take responsibility and try and blame and put it on somebody else. But the most liberating thing is when you go, oh, you know what? Yeah, I did get that wrong and I can try and do better. And it's like, no one can argue with you. And you actually just take it on the chin and go, you know what? You're probably right. I did stuff that up. I'll try and do it better next time. And it's like, it diffuses that many arguments and like things when people are disappointed and want to get angry at you. It's like, you know what? When I start taking responsibility, it's the best way to grow and get better.
3: Yeah.
1: One hundred percent. Full back to back quotes and you absolutely nailed all forums. So <laughs> Sorry, for I didn't, that. Really, no. didn't <laughs> really answer your question out of <laughs> what I think. But no, um, all of it's inspiring, mate. Thanks for sharing that. Um, um i want to double down actually
2: on you mate you got to read that book Yeah, yeah the Mm. book if you haven't unbelievable um i read that that was one of the first books that i actually read that got me into this journey this space and it was to do with um thanks to matt rosa actually he told me that yeah Matty rosa was my development coach and he goes mate you need to read this book and yeah, unbelievable. And it just set me on that journey, eh?
1: Well grab it off you, eh?
2: It's um yeah, mate, so awesome.
0: Quickly yeah, I'm gonna get the book. Go watch the movie though. It's a good way to get it in an hour and a half <laughs> little thing. I'm sure I I gotta read the book. I'm sure it's way better, but the movies, um the movies just got some really special just quotes and ways of viewing the world and it shows this young guy go from like successful, partying, all the girls but super unhappy, to then none of the stuff that we kind of Base in our culture of young person success, and he becomes far happier because he understands who he is better. So yeah, it's good, obviously book to read, but also movie to watch. So check it good out.
2: Stuff. Well, mate, well, I got to touch on it because as soon as someone brings it up, I love it. So I want you to, before we keep diving in. I want your to top three podcasts that you'd listen to apart from yours and Switched right? On <laughs> and Switched On, but and your top three books if you can.
0: Um, Top three podcasts, I mean, whether you want episodes or overall, but uh, the few podcasts that I listen to frequently are The Diary of a CEO. I think Stephen Bartlett is a phenomenal communicator, massive leader in podcasting, in entrepreneurship, but but then just has a really beautiful way of communicating with people and giving them space to answer great questions. And because of his profile, he has some of the most Interesting and high-profile guest you can ever listen to. So, Diary of a CEO, great one. Um, I love listening to Dylan. Friends, Dylan Buckley's yeah. yeah. good friend of mine now.
3: You are playing in well. the
0: game in Australia. I've been a guest on there, which was really cool. Um, He's been a guest on mine. Just really enjoy the way that he makes it super entertaining, super funny, but also has some really serious and deep chats and big supporter of mental health. So, Dylan, friends, and then Imperfect's another one that it's a huge podcast here she Kahlenberg who's also been a guest on my podcast um pioneering the mental health industry very similar concepts that i talk about with gratitude empathy and mindfulness um and yeah to somebody who has once again incredible guests on some really cool angles and topics they talk about with psychologists as well but yeah that'd probably be three podcasts that i encourage people to check out books um top of my head books the uh, first one I think is a really important one to listen. Uh, read is Lost Connections by a guy called Johan Hari, mm. really interesting uh, psychologist. Actually, no, he's a journalist, but he goes on to talk about all different things. I think the tagline is why you're depressed and how to find hope. And it just kind of goes on to challenge the pharmaceutical industry and actually uncovering a lot of the research behind a whole range of different things around why people are depressed. And, yeah, it's a lot to do with connections and different things. So that's a great one. Um, another good book that I'll give you, "Grit" by Angela Duckworth. Um, it's a really good one for people who feel like, "Oh, I'm not as talented as others. Oh, I don't have the same opportunity as people." Kind of goes on to debunk all of that and show that people who are willing to work hard and really uh, grit stuff out are the ones who end up succeeding. Um, so I think that's a really good one to read. What else have I read recently that's good? Um, there's another book called "Solve for Happy." Guy called Mo Gordat. He's an ex Google engineer, and he's come up with an equation for happiness. <laughs> and yeah, phenomenal story. Really, really intelligent guy. He's been on Stephen Bartlett's yeah. podcast multiple times. He uh, Stephen always talks about that podcast as being one of his favourites, one of the most insightful. He goes and for like,
2: yeah, like it's like a Joe Rogan. He goes for like he's got out, a
0: couple. He hours, actually has an yeah he's really interesting like google one he used to be the head of google x which was like google special projects yeah um but he's he left out now to try and make a billion people happier using because his son died from a routine um oh his 21 year old son died in a routine checkup at the doctor because he nicked something with a small surgery he needed so he tried to yeah use this equation to keep himself happy so really interesting book someone who i've actually connected with on socials trying to get him on my pod and he was <laughs> like yeah i'll do it and then he was like, "Oh, on. my team said I." My, he was like, "My team said I can't do it unless we have own yeah, fifty thousand downloads a week." So I'm like, <laughs> I'm, "I'm at about ten right now, so I've got to five x my pod to get him on." But it was great that he wrote back to me. sent me a voice note. Um, beautiful man. Uh, I think he's Sri Lankan. Oh, I'm gonna get it wrong. I don't, I'm not too sure where he is, but anyway, he's um, yeah, really interesting guy. Some awesome books that he's got as well, and some great episodes with Stephen Bartley If you want to go check out, he does a lot of stuff around AI as well, which is really interesting. So. There's three off the top of my head. I could give you many, many more books, but there's three good ones to start with.
2: Love that. Yeah. I think because oh, I'm, I'm on Jay Shetty, Lewis Howes, and uh, Ed Milet. I love those boys as well. Um, yeah. And I'm, oh, I can't remember which one it was on, but he was on, I think it was Ed Milet's like a week or two ago, and he was talking about AI stuff. Man, it's so fascinating. It's like, crazy, yeah. It's gonna yeah. change the world and scary. Yeah, yeah, very scary. His take on it all, um. But yeah, mate, I'm glad. I, I'm just very into that sort of stuff as well. So I love when you know there's someone that's so passionate about it and what they what they're into and and what ones they get because I always get like now I'll go and read those couple of books as well. Yeah. So that'd be good. I appreciate that, mate.
1: Yeah, and it's super good that we get to get your insight into like where you get a bit of your information and context from as to how you're applying that. Um, through your version in in Good Humans and what you're sharing, so like, and that's especially in the in the field of youth mental health as a, and mental health as the umbrella, um, and the umbrella term, but how do you, like when you when you when you're doing that your own workshops and even just being yourself as well, how do you think you make the aspect of youth mental health engaging for people, like like wanting to dive into their like wanting to grow their awareness and their like just that understanding of what it means to be mentally healthy because um I feel like um yeah Braden's like like and yourself have have gone down these pathway have gone along these pathways and is it like that's what's helped you grow in your journey and like and we've all got we've all got different walks of life and different journeys but I guess the more that like yourself and us over here in WA can make it like uh, like the boys from Speak and Share kind of call, or even like 20 Talk over here is like making mental health cool again, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. trying to create that environment, kind of thing. Like how do you how do you think we'll be able to do that as a collective?
0: Yeah, like you said, I think that's one of my taglines too. Making mental health cool. I think trying to just get that message across the line that a hundred percent of us have mental health. Mental health is not this depression, anxiety, suicide industry. Mental health is something we all have as much as 90% of the mental health organisations are focusing on mental illness, I think it's important that we do start to really change that language and, like they said, make mental health cool. And I've, um, yeah, obviously being a young professional athlete, it does give me that little bit of cut through when I go into workshops I've been lucky enough to speak to so many students now. And a lot of the reports and quite frequently the response I get from teachers is like, oh, we've never seen... That group of boys sit still like that for an hour for any workshop, let alone the mental health one. So I understand that there is a bit of an opportunity to come from this different angle and students going like, oh, I've sat through so many of these. But yours was actually educate like entertaining, educational and like motivational rather than it be this fearful thing. Hmm. And yeah, I'm lucky I've engaged a bunch of young Australian athletes to help me spread the message. Uh, I have like a good human ambassador program with a phenomenal group of athletes from storm sanders just got second in wimbledon a couple of storm hunter her name is now she's just married recently she got second in wimbledon a few weeks ago in in mixed doubles tennis ryan williams just won two gold medals at x games a few weeks ago corey turnison's in the lead for the world title for wakeboarding at the moment we've got sam fricker and brit o'brien both olympians in diving um oh, who else ben tudhope won paralympian of the year last year bronze medal at the paralympics just this range of really interesting, young, cool people that I show a video of at the start of my workshop. So people straight away, all the students especially, go, Oh, wait a second. It kind of jumps the system in their head going, Oh, wait, mental health isn't just mm. this scary anxiety, depression, I don't want to listen thing. Like, Oh, these, all these young, cool people are talking about it and doing things too. Maybe, maybe I should as well. So, I think it's amazing the work that you guys, the speaking share boys, huge fans of what Mm. they do. And there is a bunch of really cool young organisations starting to pop up to really try and shake up the industry. I think we keep hearing the stats getting worse and all these huge organisations and charities that have been around for a long time, which do do phenomenal work, especially in that mental illness side of the industry. I think it is really time that we start taking a bit of control back as young people and going where the future How do we educate young people? How do we give people the skills, rather than wait until they slide down their mental health spectrum and then show them the great resources that we do have and that are so important to have. But I personally think it's more important to educate the 80% who don't have a mental illness to build the skills so that we can maybe grow that to 85%. And like my workshop, it helps the 20% as well. I had a girl from a school send me a message um, earlier this week who said, "Oh." thanks so much for your workshop. I usually, I I have mental illness myself. I really struggle with my mental health and we get a lot of these sessions and I usually just tune out because they're boring and they don't do anything for me. But your session, I actually learned a few things that I've been practicing and I've been feeling really good because of them. So thank you so much. So getting messages like that is so humbling knowing that coming from a bit of a different angle is actually connecting with students because we remember what it's like. We're pretty young. It was pretty confronting when you get that mental illness talk where someone's talking about here's how you can help your friend, are you okay day? Like all these things are so important but they're not they shouldn't be everything in the mental health industry. So it's great that there is a few of us that are really starting to pioneer and bring a new found and a new kind of light to what mental health truly is.
1: Yeah, we're we're huge believers of prevention is better than the cure.
0: You know, right? Exactly
1: exactly
2: when my, I I'm touch on the same stuff. Like when I go to a school and Sometimes you get introduced as, you know, we're here to talk about mental illness today. And it's like, no, we're not. We're not here to talk about mental illness. And then I ask the kids, I'm like, okay, so what's your definition of mental illness? And what's your definition of of mental well-being? And they're like, oh, the same thing, aren't they? And then once you actually break it down, you're like, no, like mental well-being is like, what do you like to do? Like, how do you enjoy yourself? How do you have fun? What do you, you know, we go through values and all that sort of thing as well. And like yours is, I want you to run your topic like can you run us through your topics um for the listeners out there that might actually want to get in touch and and do a session but just to show like basically cuz for us we talk about self esteem values emotions we don't talk about you know suicide and I'm not going out there and saying this is what the stats are and having this big powerpoint of you know this this and this and this but we touch on emotions we're going to touch on our values we're going to understand who we are as people and what we like to do. And that's sort of what our sessions are sort of based on. But I'd love to know sort of how you work it and how you define the difference when the students, you know, all the teachers sort of introduce, if they do introduce you like that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, my workshop, I kind of open with sharing a bit about my story and letting them know why. Uh, mental health is important to me and my family and sharing um, yeah what got me into it which kind of I guess qualifies me and shows that yeah mental health is something pretty important to me Um, I then share the part of my story about basing my identity and my self-worth like I shared a bit earlier on this podcast on my career and achievements and then talk about this lesson that I learned about finding what my values pardon me (laughs) finding what my values are so I go on to talk about the five values that I try and live by. And then I have this little visual metaphor thing with a bucket where I fill up the bucket and go, who's lost a family member, who's been injured or ill, who's um, had a relationship breakdown, who's run into financial troubles, all these things that we all go through throughout our life. And I fill this bucket up and I'm like, this is how it feels when we're all these things pile up and we don't have the skills to empty our bucket." So then I have these stickers on the side of my bucket where as I go through the five values, I peel a sticker off each time and then you literally watch the water pour out the sides of the bucket and by the end of the workshop, it's empty. So I show people this kind of visual way of like, look, our buckets are going to fill up, but we have to have the skills to empty them. So I talk about my five values and the first one's responsibility. Kind of like we've spoken to a few times uh, through this chat, this idea of taking responsibility for our mental health that no one else is going to be able to do things for you daily. Only you can so you share a few stories about responsibility and how it's changed my life i then I want to talk about gratitude gratitude's a massive pillar of um, all the work i do it's something that i've seen profound effects in my life and the more that i speak to neuroscientists and different really smart people in my podcast and more research i do i see gratitude come up as one of the most powerful things that we can do for our mental health if we start to practice it daily It just allows us to see the world through a different lens uh, i then talk about empathy having the capacity to put yourself in other people's shoes and realize, wait, we are all so different. And with empathy, I talk about how we can listen better, how we can respect others' feelings and emotion better, and how we can hold judgment more and learn how to take criticism on as well a bit better. Um, I think I want to talk about mindfulness. I think mindfulness as a value and meditation as a exercise is something we should all be looking into doing, even if it is just a few minutes a day. But, just putting a better relationship with these thoughts that are going through our head, 70,000 thoughts a day for most of us. And for a lot of us, about 70% of them are negative Mm. and repetitive. So it's like when we can start to develop a relationship with our mind, it comes through mindfulness and just being aware of these thoughts. So I do a few exercises on mindfulness, how we can get out of our head and back into our body. Um, And then I finish talking about kindness where I talk about some data and statistics around kindness. Um, tell some stories about kindness and then share a couple little topics around being kind to yourself being kind to others and being kind to the environment by being kind to ourselves, just learning how to breathe correctly through our nose not through our mouth down to our belly not to our chest all these things that i take for granted that i've learned from some amazing coaches over my journey but most of us don't get exposed to this and i forget that so i just share some very simple breathing techniques that can help lower our heart rate I think I want to talk about being kind to others, how it actually makes us feel good and learning how to graciously accept compliments and kindness as well. So it doesn't block people's chance to feel good. And then I talk about being kind to the environment, how by aligning with our values, we can actually feel good by just throwing a bit of rubbish in the bin or by doing our recycling well should make us feel good when our values are actually aligned to being kind. So they're kind of the elevator pitch of the things that I talk about. Obviously I go a lot deeper into all of them, but it all just ties into one big story of my journey and my life and the change that I've seen from my teen years to how I live my life now. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's been really nice to see the impact it's had. I also have another workshop that I call like my gratitude experience, which is a bit more of a deep dive into gratitude, how we can show gratitude to others more, how we can write gratitude notes, how we can meditate with gratitude and just all these different things that can yeah help change this brain chemistry and release serotonin and oxytocin, which makes us feel good. So bit of a highlight of the workshops that I do, but yeah, I love getting to do it. It's so special getting to share my story and know that it's having a big
2: impact. Yeah, of course. See how he didn't mention suicide, didn't mention yeah. anything like that. So it's that's what I love, like, and that's why you'd be so relatable and it's a lived experience story, right? And it's literally, you've just finished surfing a year ago, but I just love how, like, I'd love to sit in on one of your yeah, sessions. Yeah, same, I was
3: going to say
1: but, that.
2: It's just like it. It sort of links into similar what how we share ours, and and we've talked about, you know, how similar happiness, co and the good human um is. I just love how it's all based off lived experience, knowing yourself, and really those values and living by them, which is so important. Which, you know, like I did a I'm just gonna share. Anything, I did a um yeah session for a corporate on Wednesday, and I was just sort of running through the same thing, my story. And then I talk about the values and I was like, if I asked you guys right now, your top five values, could you numb them out and tell me straight off the top of your head? And they're like, uh, family, uh, Mm.
3: nah.
2: And I was like, all right, well, scrap this exercise. Let's do it. We're going to do, we're going to literally understand what your values are because if you're not living by them and you're not actively like knowing what they are, then like you, you you struggle, you're gonna struggle. Like and then we went through it and they actually started to really dive into it and they're like, Oh, I think I value my family, but I don't spend enough time with them. Like the same thing popped up. That pops up all the time. But it was unbelievable. And these guys are like, you know, a range of there was a couple of thirty year olds, a couple of forty year olds, I think there was two like sixty year olds and they had no idea. So like if we can instill that into the younger generation now Hopefully by 60 they know exactly what they are, and luckily said they're going to change over time. But um, yeah, I just love how that that side of it is what really keeps us happy and and knowing what what we who we are and who we want to be. Yeah, of course. Who we're chasing. Yeah, the
1: workshops. there, they sound <laughs> like um, just a lot going on. It sound they sound awesome. I'd I love to see another on one. Um, but have they always been that way? I'm I'm curious. Like at the start, what what were your workshops like?
0: Oh, man, at the start, it was very different than the way it is now. I mean, I've been doing the one that I'm doing now for close to two years. Definitely, like, it, it, it evolves. When I learn new things, I add them in. Like, I literally just watched The Peaceful Warrior a week ago, so I completely changed my whole responsibility slide to shift it around that. So, like, it's always evolving. But when I first started, it was literally like my little sister lost her second friend. I called my old school teacher, who was a mate of mine, said mate i want to come and maybe share some of my story and it was so different my first one um it was it was around values but it was it was like on powerpoint and it was around philosophy and understanding like your three p's like your purpose your passion and your um perspective and like it was so different and it's funny i found the og version of it on like a printout recently and i was just like oh my god like I was so bad. And I actually found like a video from, yeah, three years ago when I first did my workshops and like just even how I dressed and how I was standing and how I presented myself with like no clicker, having to walk and press, just all these little things that I've just gradually gotten better at, like taking no feedback form. Just like it's it's taken me three years to, I I look at it like I'm an apprentice still. I'm like kind of in my last year of my apprenticeship right now. I'm in my fourth year of learning the, of what public speaking and what building a mental health business and is, and now, yeah, I feel like I'm starting to have a pretty good understanding, but I also know in two years it's probably going to be different again. So just always being open to adapt and be willing to learn new stuff and just continually learn and grow and then add stuff in, take stuff out that I feel like more relevant and more impactful. But, yeah, I think it just comes with practice. Like I've done probably 200 of the same workshop now over the last, two years three years so just trying to continually sharpen that sword and make sure that I'm taking feedback and asking people what they're enjoying taking out the stuff that they're not and just really refining to have the most impactful sort of 60-minute keynote that I can
2: and that's all you right so you're like you you own only employee is that correct
0: yeah I had uh in turn helped me for a little bit but it was quite difficult to delegate and work out what to do it's hard to let go of control so yeah I've kind of been juggling everything by myself from editing every podcast um, setting up and recording every podcast develop the workshop I do all my bookings I do all my client sort of relation stuff I also pack all my merch and send all that stuff out Um, do all the 1% do all the social media stuff for everything so yeah, it's definitely a lot at the moment. I'm, I'm right at the stage right now where it's probably getting too busy. I've got, I think I've got, I was looking at my calendar. I think I've got like 25 workshops to do in the next two and a half months. So I'm just about to employ someone hopefully to really help with the logistics and the planning of my calendar and the bookings and really making sure that our clients are not just a one-off sort of, Touch base email, I'll see there. We actually can build some better relationships with our clients and get some repeat work. And yeah, while I'm juggling it all, it's been hard, but I'm in that next stage right now of trying to employ someone to sort of help me elevate and amplify the message and get it into as many, yeah, corporates, as many schools as possible. Because, yeah, like I said, the impact that I've learned my workshops is having through hundreds and thousands of data points from feedback forms um yeah it's nice to know that it's really helping
2: yeah because i just seen that you just got back from melbourne right and you because you're running sessions there as well so it's not just based out of um you don't just do it in the it's the goal yeah like it's not
0: yeah I'm, i'm everywhere like yeah i'll give you a rundown of my next couple like so i just got back from i was in melbourne for Three days, like three workshops on the Monday, one on the Tuesday, one on the Wednesday, and then I flew home. And then the school that I spoke at on the Wednesday, the principal came and watched the Year 11 and 12 workshop, and he loved it so much. He's like, can you come back and speak to our teachers next week? So they just booked me again this morning to come back on Tuesday next week for the day. So I'll fly back to Melbourne on Tuesday next week. And I've got a workshop on the Goldie on the Friday. And then I fly to Sydney for a workshop the following Friday, straight to Adelaide for a workshop. No, workshop in Sydney on the Thursday, workshop in Adelaide on the Friday, workshop on the Goldie on the Saturday, home for like four days, and back to Sydney for like a corporate workshop, the workshop with a hospital. Then like back to Brisbane for one, then a virtual one, then like Canberra for four days, then Melbourne for another six days. Like I'm just so this is the busiest i've ever been right now which is really exciting but yeah it's definitely not just gold coast it's sort of anywhere that'll take me right now while i'm trying to just sort of spread my wings as wide as i can and really start to make a bit of a presence in especially the few key major cities just where there's quite a lot of work um which will then allow me to be a bit more strategic and start to spread far and wide i mean i've been lucky enough to speak in a few rural areas as well which is really special getting to go out to central New South Wales, central Queensland and spend a week out there and speak to the smaller schools and, yeah, just get to share the message wherever will listen to me, really.
1: Mate, when are you coming to WA then?
0: (laughs) I've had a few inquiries for WA. I've done one in WA. I have a friend of mine who has a refrigeration business and he has an office in WA, so he flew me over last year for the State of Origin when it was played over there. We watched the State of Origin, I did a workshop for his corporate group and then, I was straight back, but I'm starting to get a few inquiries for Perth. I'm going to try and lock in. It might not be this year. I've got written in my calendar right now that, like, the last week of November, I want to do a Perth week. So, if anyone's listening in Perth and they want to, book me for a high school or a um, corporate workshop, just head over to my website, thegoodhumanfactory.com. I mean, I don't want to steal your guys' happiness for workshops but
3: <laughs> yeah, hey, different people me, absorb
0: different messages. No, we're not so, competition. Uh, we're here to work together. So, yeah. Collaboration, that's it. No competition. But yeah, hopefully I'll get over to Perth soon. Once I employ someone to really start, I've never actually looked for workshops. Everything has been word of mouth and come to me. I've done no marketing. So hopefully if I can run some maybe ads in the Perth area, and connect with a few people who have reached out from over in wa i can get over there for a little week and really try and hit a few schools and corporate groups in the same way
1: and go down to the, go down south and go to margs go for a surf as well
0: yeah yeah i want to go down to margs i um i've had a few schools reach out to me from over there um as well as kind of the surf community i've lost a few people to suicide over the past two years so It'd be great to get down there and try and speak to the community at Margs. I actually won uh, my Australian title at Margaret River, so it holds a special True. place in my heart over there. Um, and I haven't been back for quite some time, so I'd love to get over to WA and um, spend some more time over there. Of so, course, man. No, it would be yeah, definitely
2: gonna make it happen. But how do you juggle? So you've just literally said your whole week, right? You've got a partner, you've got merch, you've got like other things on your plate. Plus, your own time, plus, if you can even have time to get out in the water, like, how do you balance it all for yourself? Because I'm sure that coming up, you're like, are you prepping? Like, okay, I know I'm going to be away for this long, but like, I need to take care of myself. So, what's there? Like, what's in Melbourne that I can do to help myself? Like, do I want to do some yoga? Do I take my surfboard? Do I have time to do this? Like, how do you balance everything and the travel, the business, the merch? and your own mental well-being?
0: Um, I do not know if I'm being completely
2: honest. Right now, I'm just trying <laughs> right,
0: to work no, all that That's out. a great answer. I love that. Because <laughs> not everyone right knows. Now, I'm, as I'm just taking on any opportunity that comes my way, I feel like I'm very reactive right now. I'm in the stage of trying to employ someone to take a bit of the load off so I can be a bit more strategic with planning and trying to yeah, have some different things, especially with like the merch and my ambassadors they usually get put straight to the side because without putting energy into them, they don't really do much. So yeah, they kind of slow up when the workshops are busy, then the merch kind of goes to the side. And then the podcast is just turned into a thing that I don't know how, but I just somehow get it done each week. Realistically, it's probably like five or six hours of work a week, the podcast from like an hour or two hours recording with the guests two or three hours to edit that episode get all the assets done and then my short episode each week is um yeah it's a bit trickier to try and get it done it's uh it's not that bad the podcast but then yeah now that the workshops getting busy that's where i'm like okay i need to start trying to yeah employ someone to help juggle it all but it's all exciting i mean it's they're good opportunities and good problems to have but by managing everything I feel like just the life I live on the go, it keeps me somewhat fit and healthy. I try and be conscious of like what I eat, but when I'm on the road, it's really hard, mm. um, but then I'm very lucky. I have best, I've uh, very close mates in most major cities. So when I go to Melbourne, I stay with friends. I try and get on their sort of routine of exercise. When I go to Adelaide, I've got a mate picking me up. So yeah, just try and when I'm at home, stay as healthy as I can. And then when I'm on the road, try and yeah, just tick as many boxes off and be as productive as possible.
2: Yeah, that's good. See, and man. like, I guess seeing people catching up with people, relationships. Like, yeah, seeing that you were had a pretty good weekend on the weekend. Looked
0: alright in Melbourne. Oh yeah, at the footy. It's yeah, Melbourne was crazy. Like Melbourne, I did like I went to the footy on a Friday night, watched Collingwood win, and got to go in the locker room with them at the MCG, which was really special. Yeah. I have um a friend who's good friends with Jack Chris. He lined me up to get tickets, but then also do a podcast with him on Sunday, which was awesome. Um, then I got to speak to uh, this guy, Noah Yang, who's the CEO of We Are Mobilized, who Ned raised the money for, the homelessness charity. Got to chat with him, amazing human, great, great conversation, learning um, about his story and what he's going to do with that money to really make a huge impact. Did all the workshops. I also caught up with Trent from, um oh, yeah. who's yeah. retiring this weekend. <laughs> um they reached out to me posi socks they're also doing some amazing stuff and just said let's try and collaborate on some stuff so we just had a meeting and a coffee and Trent was the biggest legend but very aligned stories we've learned a lot of our lessons from very similar mentors from Ben Crow and Hugh Van Kylenberg so it was really nice to connect with him I'll get him on the potty soon but yeah it's just special to know that I'm getting to connect and collaborate and network with all these incredible humans and yeah at the end of the day everyone's just trying to make an impact in the world so it's nice to Either give people a platform to do that through my channels, or collaborate with them to vice versa get my voice amplified through their channels. Course,
2: Which I, I just love the the collaboration part of it. Eh? It's not yeah. like it's like oh I'm I'm on the the Goldie here, Hugh Van Cullenberg and the input they're not coming. The Resilience Project now nah. they're my competition. I don't want to partner up with Trent Cochran and what he's doing with the socks. Like it's it's not about that's another thing I think we found is that you know, in so many different areas, it's like my plumbing company is better than your plumbing company, my building company is better than yours. But in this space, we've found that the more you can connect, collaborate and work with other people, like we're all here to help people's mental health. Like, why would you try and have it as a competition? So I love how you're mentioning that, like you're coming on here, like two mental health organisations that, you know, are working together, sharing each other's stories. Like I just... I think it's awesome and I I think it's different into like
0: the, the outside world, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot, especially a lot of our young, like smaller organizations. I feel like once you get to the big corporate charity ones, they're all going for these million-dollar, multi-million-dollar funding grants and then they're in competition and then there's just so many levels of bureaucracy for any impact to be made. That's why when we're really lean like, a lot of our small organisations is starting to see such great impact because there isn't the logistics and bureau and all the stuff that they have to go through to actually start to make their impact with the big um, organisations. So yeah, I think it's great that there's all of us that are starting to really connect with each other. From like the speaking, share boys, Hugh, um, everyone seems to be yeah, real positive about trying to connect and make it just make an impact at the end of the day we're all just trying to make the world a better place as soon as you start looking at it as competition your heart's probably not in the right place anyway yeah Absolutely.
1: i agree and that's why yeah we just want to yeah thank you so much for collaborating and coming on our potty um i do have a question though for you like because obviously with your own pod um and i've listened to a few apps they're great um from yeah like you've got goz on you got dylan and um a few of the surfers as well so like sally and connor and Um, cause yeah, I'm a bit of a surf myself. So I just, um, yeah, I love listening to them and just like get their experience. But I do want to know, what have you enjoyed about most about doing your pod so far?
0: To be honest, it's just the networking. The best thing about my pod for one, I feel like it's made me so much better of a listener and actually curious about people's lives. Um, it's allowed me to sit down and have 120 one hour plus conversations with people, which most of us can look back and be like, when was the last time that you had a one-hour chat? You might have one or two a year with someone when you really get absorbed in that. Mm-hmm. I get to do it weekly and you learn so much from people when you give them the space to share. And yeah, it's an absolute privilege getting to do that week in, week out. So I think that's the thing that I'm most grateful for. For one, the yeah, connections, the skills that it's taught me, but then also the, for, as well, like the impact it has on the guest quite often that they get to reflect and look back on their life But then, yeah, as well, the feedback and the incredible messages I get from people who are like, oh, I've listened to binged 50 of yours in a row. I've learned so many great things. And it's just amazing Mm -hmm. that I get to be the one who gets to ask the questions. So Mm -hmm. I get to, like, have complete control of where it goes and to know that the questions that I ask and the curiosity I have um, can bring impact to others It's really special
1: yeah, of course, and the most recent one I listened to the, um the other day actually was the alex hayes you know, your good mate um that was that was a really good one, really enjoyed that but um another question That's the old not, one. yeah <laughs> yeah I dive, I dive deep um, another question was like who who on the pod who have you been most excited for do you feel
0: oh most excited for um, 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 um Hugh Van Kallenberg was a huge one for me. He was someone that I was really excited to get, someone who I truly look up to. So it was great to chat to him. Um, who else have I been excited for? I had a guest on this guy called Julian Petroulis, who's like a multi, like, oh, I don't know how much he's worth, but worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's quite young. He's only a few years older than us. And he's actually a friend of mine, but I... Um, not that it really matters to me generating wealth, but it fascinates me when people kind of hack that system and understand that you can make exuberant amounts of wealth. Um, So yeah, I was really excited to chat to him and it was really special to get that opportunity. He's someone who's very private and quite difficult to be able to connect with. So I was lucky to um, have some ins and connection with him to build a bit of relationship and get to have a chat. So that was really cool. Um, Oh, who else? just everyone i i i had a guy on a few weeks ago called nigel beach i think he's episode 111 he's human performance specialist brilliant friend of mine someone who i truly look up to and have learned so much from but when i know somebody has some really special information to get out sometimes that gives me a bit of nerves because i don't want to i want to do their story justice and i want to do the wealth of knowledge and wisdom they have justice by asking the right questions so sometimes they can be a little nervous but now with guests, I, like, I don't write any questions anymore. I just have a flow that I like to do and I feel like I've learned how to be curious about people's lives that it's allowed me to, yeah, have conversations that maintain flow and don't just feel like here's 10 questions written out. Let's make sure we hit them all. It's mm-hmm. like, no, let's talk about your life and the things that I want to go into that you're willing to go into will go there. So it's, um, it's been good for me to learn how to, yeah, communicate better with people and learn how to, yeah, give people space to chat.
2: I um. Well, I I seen the most your your most recent one, which um I'm gonna to listen to. I've penciled with him for this weekend, which is I think it's with Morgan. Um, Morgan,
0: yeah, Nelson. Yeah, I've yeah, got but, one of his workshops tomorrow actually. He's oh, got really? a Full day self development workshop for like young leaders. So that'd be, I'm excited to go to that. that would be sick. I
2: was 'cause he's N L P right. Yep. Yeah, so that's what our our boss, um, Julian, that's why he's like he's all over that stuff as well. So I'm real keen to dive into that. But you put a short, like, little clip out, like, two days ago on it. Um, when you, t- I think he talked about – it's gone off the top of my head now. Is it emotions If you do or... what's
0: easy, life will be hard. And if you do what's hard, life will be easy.
2: Yeah, and then he went on to explain a bit more. Like, that just caught me straight away because, like, I'm going to try and um, – if you haven't, like, listened to that, that little clip. I think it was on your Instagram personal one. But unbelievable. Like, so that's what just got me – fascinated and I had no idea who he was right so that's what I love about podcasts is listening to people or you know finding new podcasts and then you just dive into what they are what they're about and like who I guess guess other people are fascinated on but I really just thinking like I went through all yours and I'm like oh that I wonder what that would be like like really interesting like on a topic that I probably have really nothing or no interest in but then you'd actually dive into it and you're like okay, this is what this person's been through. This is what they know. Like, I just love that area yeah. of it, which is just like... being curious. Like, yeah, I've yeah, had like course.
0: addiction specialists on. I've had like toxic relationship experts. I've had like gratitude experts. I've had neuroscientists. I've had, yeah, like pharmacologists. I've had all these different things, but it's like once you give people space to talk about their upbringing and talk about their challenges, you can learn about their mental health and their skills before you learn about their profession. And then usually the guests will have Something that I've usually got them on for, because I understand there will be some great value, and then we can go into that topic. But yeah, just so many interesting people, and if you listen to anyone with a curious mind for an hour, you're gonna learn something about them, and you're gonna learn something about yourself probably too.
1: Of course, yeah, it's such a great pod, and we'll be sure to include it in the show notes. Um, But yeah, before you take up too much of your time, I do want to dive into a bit of bit more of the surfing context, just because. just, I love listening to some of the experience and because um, I I was listening to the Dylan, front, Dylan Friends one with yourself and um, yeah just even like the lifestyle because like I mean I'm like just try to imagine it and stuff I mean. Fanboy? Yeah a bit of a fanboy <laughs> just like the surfing. <laughs> um, like my spare time I'll watch just like surfing clips from Quicksilver and um, yeah I thought of it so um, so as a extreme athlete essentially like mental health in that field's like pretty extreme but there's a lot of things going on, like not just with the surfing, but going on with like with the relationship with the water. So, um, yeah, just hoping you could dive into a bit of, um, a bit of that and share experience. Yeah. About the ocean or about my career? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more, I guess surfing first and like, yeah, maybe like, like, um, yeah, lessons you've learned along the way through there and, um, and even just, yeah. Um, Everyone. I think
0: I think it's just I think like surfing is a great metaphor for life. It's like at times the ocean's going to be flat just like our mental health it's not going to be too erratic. It's going to be nice and calm, but then sometimes there's going to be big waves and we can either let our emotions and let the big waves smash us and wash us up on the shore and throw us around underwater or we can learn how to surf. We can learn how to ride the waves. We can learn how that when times do get turbulent we have the skills and the different things in place that we can ride the waves and yeah, surfing has taught me so much. I think just being able to jump in the water, get off uh, like no connection to um, any technology. I mean, although I do surf with an Apple watch now, and that's a bit annoying getting messages sometimes out (laughs) in the water, but but for a long time, the ocean is just a place to go and wash off the day, to go and get in the soul. And to be honest, I feel quite guilty. I live right next to the beach. And now that my life's gotten so busy with work and everything, unless the waves are kind of good, I, haven't been getting in the ocean as much, but it's something that I feel guilty about. And I've worked out, I used to think it was because I was a really, well, because I have the obviously talent and the skill to do stuff on a surfboard and on a wave that the micro percent on the population on the planet can do. I thought I was guilt, felt guilty because I wasn't using that talent. But now I realize that I feel guilty because I know how important it is to get in nature every day and I know how important it is to exercise every day. And I can tick both of those boxes by just going for a surf and I haven't been doing it that much. So, yeah, just trying to really understand why the ocean means so much to me. And it's because it's a beautiful part of nature in the world and it's also a way to exercise. So, yeah, it's given me so much. It's given me a career. It's given me my partner. I met my partner traveling the world surfing. I um, have met so many different friends and people along my travels that, yeah, have taught me so much and as well with the work that I do now, I learned so many of my lessons because of surfing Australia, because of the opportunities that my surfing career allowed me. So I owe everything to surfing in the ocean.
1: Yeah, of course, man. And then um, even following your socials the <laughs> last couple of weeks and just like when you get out on the foil, I'm just, I'm just jealous, like, <laughs> like the, oh, I'm just the foil sorry. looks insane.
0: <laughs> Is that a top The ball? foils, there, it's a, it's a, I'm uh, thinking aluminium foil <laughs> that you put on bloody. No, not aluminium foil. I put that on my hat when I'm talking about conspiracies, <laughs> but not when I say five G. Yeah, yeah. no, the the foil's great. It's um, I guess the sport that's starting to emerge quite a bit. A few of my best friends, um, Alex Hayes is a madman on the foil. Uh, Harley Clifford, who's also one of my best mates, is like eight-time world champion wakeboarder. He's really good on the foil and really gotten into it now that he's kind of retired from uh, wakeboard competing. So it's just a new skill that we're all really getting involved in. It's something that's really fun. It's a really challenging thing to learn The the learning curve, unlike surfing, it's a bit different, but obviously with my ocean knowledge, it gives me a bit of acceleration, but it's just a very humbling thing. I'm learning a completely new thing in the ocean and learning a new skill, but getting to combine the ocean knowledge and the knowledge of waves, with this new feeling of being up on a hydrofoil, because yeah, you go way faster than surfing, and it's kind of making the average conditions a lot more fun for me at the moment, which is great.
1: Yeah, um, Braden has quickly searched up what a hydro uh, what a foil was. It's just like a hydroplane. I've like, seen them it's down under the board. I've seen so people ride those things. It yeah. reduces the friction, so you're able to just get a bit more speed and just yeah, kind of float. Yeah, you're just you actually ride
2: up on the fin. Do you actually like? ride a wave though you don't ride a wave you no, all, just like cruise on. Essentially, essentially
1: you want to be on a wave but I've seen people would do it like in a lake <laughs> i just like pumping
0: well yeah you can just pump and use your like body um, motion and weight against the fin but when you're on a wave you stand there and the lift from the speed wants to lift you up and then you lean forward so it maintains the balance it's a funky thing but i mean you can go on my instagram and look <laughs> my reels i think the last reel in the ocean i posted was foiling so it's um yeah, it's fun. You just kind of get to stand there and go super fast compared to a surfboard, which is awesome. Like you said, there's less friction.
2: All right, let's tee up, like. Give me, give me, a, give me a year to learn, and then I'll come to Goldie and we'll go for a foil. That's
0: what you are I don't Can't wait. But,
2: can't um, wait. We, need, we need to get Braden on the board. Actually, like, we we spent. Uh, I was um we spent the hub in the Gold Coast, and I didn't probably one of the best surfing spots, and I never went out, mate. It's just could Yeah. Anyway. Next time. What I it? um. Oh, you touched on uh, the wakeboarding, right? Because you got like, obviously, you get good mates in that. Have you done it yourself?
0: Yeah, I've been um, been very lucky. So, my literally two of probably my like handful of best friends on the Gold Coast, uh, Harley Clifford, who's like mm-hmm. probably the greatest of all time wakeboarder. He's 8 time world champion. Um, he's pretty much my best mate. I hang out with all the time. And then one of my other best friends is Corey Tunison, who's. The current world champ the last three years, um, he spends uh, six months a year over in the States competing, still currently. He's had a bit of an injury this year. I think he's sitting second on the ratings going to the last event coming up very soon. Um, but because of that, they're throughout summer training all the time. So I do get to spend a lot of time out behind the boat. Harley sponsored by Mastercraft. Um, oh. Corey's sponsored by Nord Peak, which is the two best boat brands in the world, and they both get given free, the the top-of-the-line boat every year. (laughs) So I'm very fortunate that any time I've ever gone wakeboarding has been behind the best boat you can buy, being coached by the best of the last 15 years of wakeboarding. So I have um, this unicorn sort of opportunity to wakeboard, so I have spent quite a bit of time learning, and I'm getting okay. I think I can do three different flips. I think I can do... Um, yeah, a couple of different tricks across the rake, w- wake, which is really fun. I mean, like I said, I do have the best opportunity you could ever have to learn, and I have the skill of being a surfer, so my learning curve has been pretty quick with wakeboarding, but yeah, it's good fun. I love getting to do it. It's so nice, challenging yourself and learning a new sport.
1: Some can, some can't, eh, bro? <laughs> hey, you never know until you try,
2: right? <laughs> but
0: yeah. I just, I guess it, flow,
2: it flows into your curiosity, right, of, oh, wonder if I can try this, wonder if I can do that, but I also really want to touch on because you, mate, you've experienced everything, right? You, you've done a lot of things. You're, you know, you you've dived into business, you've dived into surfing, you're trying all these new things. But I really want to touch on your, one of your most recent is the retreat in Bali that you've yep. just held because, mate, that's my dream is to hold a retreat one day in Bali. Oh, I'm going to get to one myself. I'm planning one over um, New Year's period. But yeah, mate, I want to love I'd love you to if you can give it to a little debrief of how that went down, um, why you did it and, and what was involved and have you got many more coming up?
0: Yeah, so the retreat in Bali was epic. I had never been on a retreat myself. It's something that I would always wanted to do and one of my best friends, um, this guy Chris Soul, he's been a guest on my podcast too, him and his partner, Rochelle, who's also a dear friend of mine, have a business called Mindspo, which is a meditation school. They also have a uh, business called Mindspo Retreats where they run retreats around different things like self-love meditation they've done about 28 of them over the last five years So they're very experienced in it and we've been just snowballing the idea of like maybe we could do something that we collaborate and then we came up with the concept of doing something called the good reset which is a collaboration between myself and them they really help with the organizing because they obviously understand the logistics and how to organize it all but we just sort of piloted something new we wanted to give people a week-long experience where we, we kind of had to think about what a holiday is for most of us now. And it's save you money, go on holiday, either plan a lot of stuff so you can squeeze it all in, or you end up sitting around the pool drinking cocktails, scrolling your phone and trying to like post photos, looking like you're having a good time. And we're like, most times people come home from that, not feeling that good, spending more money than they wanted to. And just, yeah, not really having to reset, which is what we want to get on a holiday. So we are like, let's do a concept holiday where it's like a luxury holiday. We have different... Um, workshops that you can do throughout the day but you don't have to do any of them so we had like yoga we had this beautiful facility in um, Canggu in Bali that had an ice bath a 15 person sauna a full gym a big yoga shala ping pong um, pool table a cinema also like sleeps about 25 people with a beautiful pool connecting everyone so it was just a luxury place all meals were included breakfast lunch and dinner and we just set the intention at the start of the week. I think we had 15 guests and we sat them all down and said to them, this is what we want. We want you to leave here feeling like you're refreshed, like you've learned some great skills. We did a meditation course on the first day. I did my mental health workshop. We also had Alex Hayes, my friend. Um, he collaborated with us and he did some movement training and workshops with people. So we wanted to give people tangible skills that they could take home, but also give people the free time to connect with like-minded people to do workouts together, to connect through the ice bath and sauna together and just have some time to really slow down and have this holiday with strangers that all became best friends now. Um, And yeah, just give people this space where they could really recharge the batteries and come home feeling energized to get back into the hectic life that we all have, feeling recharged and like they've learned some skills that are tangible to take with them. So yeah, I think it was a great success where I've got, Chris is actually coming from Bali to Australia on Monday um, to spend a few days here on a bit of a visa run so we're gonna start nunning out some ideas for next year's one hopefully do another one in bali again maybe one in europe as well somewhere in mykonos or something next year but yeah it's great to have another little branch of my hectic um business to have to deal with but chris is amazing and rochelle they uh take a lot of the stress out of it for me and just allow me to connect with them and Build our audience together so that's um something i'm really passionate about doing those retreats was a beautiful way for me to recharge as well i was like i left feeling like wow i needed that just as much as all these people um did as well so yeah
1: great success looking forward to next years sounds epic bro we'll have to we'll have to try and get to one hey eh?
2: yeah well we we're gonna nearly nearly got over but it ended up being with with schools and unfortunately but would have been sick but it's you would build some i won't keep you too much longer but through that for yourself like you're there to like you touched on it that you needed it but what did you figure out in that week for yourself like that you needed or that you need to implement into your own life because I find that sometimes when you go to things like that or you run events like that you actually sort of like oh and I actually haven't really been doing that myself
0: yeah, I think it was just a good wake-up call for me of how important it is to slow down and actually give, you permission, self, give yourself permission to slow down. So many of us are like, oh, we have to keep up with what's going on, but really taking that time. And I actually had a beautiful experience. So my, uh, my grandma passed away in Bali a couple of years ago at my sister's wedding and oh, a week after my sister's wedding and I'd come home early, but all my family was still there. It was a tough time for my family and they all kind of got to mourn and then I was at home and my pop, um I had to go and tell him about my grandma passing away it was was heavy It it was a tough time for my family and then he passed away recently and then when I was just in Bali and we were coming home this one night and I was in the from like a dinner and I was in the car with all of the guests and I was just sort of reflecting on life and using the time to sort of heal and I just started bawling my eyes out and I spent about 40 minutes in this car just like crying and just like it was so cathartic to like just like I felt like I was connecting with my grandma. I felt like I was connecting with my pop. I didn't really feel I didn't recognize it. I never really mourned and really I feel like I've been quite strong being in this mental health world. I do see people passing away and I've come to accept it very well. But it was just this really cathartic experience where I felt safe with the guests around me. They were all comforting me and like I was like oh, I feel terrible, guys. And they're like, No, this is it's great that you feel comfortable enough to do this with us. So. It was beautiful. So that was an experience that I wasn't expecting to have and it wasn't even during any exercise. It was just in a drive home of reflection of being in Bali and having it all together but then also, yeah, feeling safe enough with the people around me to be able to share, which is beautiful.
2: Thanks for sharing that, mate. Uh, I, I send out condolences for your losses but, um, yeah, man, that's an incredible, incredible like little, I don't know how long that would have gone for that drive but that would have been like, know, yeah, just that experience.
0: Oh, it was like something that I didn't know I needed. And after I was just like, wow, that was something that i would never really done before. Like, I feel like I hadn't cried in a long time since like finally, like when I found out my pop and my grandma passed away, I'd cry. But other than that, very rarely. So to have it as an experience, as a bit of a tool almost to like clear out a bit of that built up stuff that I didn't realize I had was, yeah, really nice. Nice,
1: oh, sweet, bro. Um, I think we might have to wrap it up there, Coop, because we've we've taken up plenty of your time, but um, it's been such an epic time. And, yeah, thank you so much for making the time to come on. We've been really looking forward to this the last couple of weeks, just seeing it in the calendar and, like, oh, yeah, it's coming up this Friday. So, um, yeah, and honestly, man, like, being able to go through a lot um, in this hour and 13 minutes so far has been so valuable and hopefully the um, listeners can gain a lot out of it because we definitely have... Um, and then, yeah, hopefully we can share it with some of your audience as well, because I'm sure I've heard your story uh, like a million times as well already, but maybe just spread the messages switched on over on the East coast. Um, again, that'd be, that'd be epic. So, um, we'll be sure to include, um, all your profile, like your profile, the good humans and stuff in the show notes and stuff. But yeah, I just want to, just curious if there's anything else that you want to share before, before we end up.
0: No, I guess just thank you guys so much for giving me the space to share. You guys asked some super insightful questions. I feel like this is a pretty different episode to a lot of the episodes I jump on. So thank you guys for being curious and doing your research and understanding a bit about my life to allow me to go to some places that I usually don't. So good on you guys. Um, absolutely. Send me any of the stuff. I'll do my best to share it around and get some people listening. But, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Or you don't realize it doesn't matter about the hundreds of thousands of listens it's if it's only 10 people listening then you'll be blown away the impact that it can have on those 10 people so yeah keep it up you guys are early in the podcast game i think most people quit before episode 10 so you guys are already doing very well um yeah keep it up don't be disheartened by the numbers as you're growing and yeah it'll take off as i'm sure you guys are hoping in the near future so good on you guys and yeah if anyone wants to check my stuff out just Click the stuff in the show notes. Easiest way is probably Instagram, just at Cooper Chapman's, mine at The Good Human Factory to learn a bit more about The Good Human Factory. And yeah, check out the podcast if you want to listen to some of my episodes as well over at Good Humans Podcast on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube.
1: Cheers, bro. I really appreciate the kind words. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to you coming to WA in the near future. Just, just Can't even wait. You know, if you've got the last question. It's, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: Mate, last question. We are in the podcast with who's someone. I've just start. We just start to introduce this, but who's someone that has helped you the last week that you want to give a thank, like a bit of a shout out to, and um, you know, that's really helped you this last week. Who you pretty are much been really grateful for? Me.
0: Who am I grateful for? Um, someone who's helped me in the last week. I'll give you three. I was just in Melbourne, and three different friends let me stay at their place. So um, <laughs> I don't know. You guys might know Luke and Sassy Scott from TikTok. They're friends of mine. So Luke let me crash on his couch for a couple nights. So I'll say thanks to Luke. Uh, Another friend of mine, Luca, let me crash at his place on Sunday night in Melbourne. And then my really good friend, Josh Miller, um, he always lets me crash at his place. So I just stayed at his place on Tuesday night. So I'm so grateful that I have friends in all major cities that allow me to couch surf. And by doing that, it allows me to keep my costs down so I can make my prices better for schools and whatnot. So... As much as they don't realise, uh, those people are a massive part of the Good Humor factory as well. The people who let me crash with them to keep my costs down when I'm travelling. So big shout out to those guys. Love that. that you, mate.
1: I'll go my nunnu. Actually, like so last Sunday, um, we were able to go down to Collie, and he's turning 90 at the end of the year. And like we, as a family, wanted to do something really special. And so, kind of set up a few cameras and I interviewed him, and we got some. Um, um other footage around of like him walking around the property and stuff but yeah to get that kind of insight and share that with my mates that went down with um to help me record was yeah really special and um I'm really excited to see what the interview looks like when we finish the edit so um yeah Nuno's always just been a um, really inspiring inspiring person for me so it was great to really sit down with him for a good hour and just like just talk about his 90 years of life coming over from Italy and then to Australia so that was cool yeah. What about you, bro?
0: Good on you. You'll be grateful for that forever. I wish I did that with my pop before he passed away. So good on you. Uh, mine would probably be my older brother.
2: Um, I get to, I'm going to Cal. I think it's like maybe like a month for a couple of workshops, and um, he works in like the, the the schooling aspect down there. And um, like I wasn't going down for schools. I was going down for I think it's Western Power, and he's like, mate, let me do some work give me a week and he's got me like I think two or three gigs um within the schools there so um yeah it also means I get to stay there like an extra extra day or two and get to see him but um yeah I'm pretty grateful that he managed to do that otherwise it would have been in and out on the one day so um yeah pretty grateful for him putting in a bit of time and 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 work for to you know support me and help me
1: grow as well so no I'm grateful for him Awesome lads, yeah. We'll wrap it up there, love it. but um, yeah, love it heaps, and really came for the listeners to engage with this one. And um, yeah, we'll guess we'll catch ya in the next uh, in the next episode, and hopefully, Cooper, you later in the year. So that'd be cool. Cheers.
3: Thanks,
1: Thanks man. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a review—all that jazz. We love for your support, and we'd love for you to continue supporting us. If you want more info and want to know what we've got coming up, please head to our Instagram, chuck us a follow, and even check out our website for more episodes, resources, recommendations, and lots, lots, lots more. Links are attached in the description below. Cheers.